Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now as Pastor Joe Petting teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. If you please turn with me, our text will be taken out of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 36 through 40. So if you can turn with me to Luke, chapter 2, starting with verse 36. Our message, uh, the title of our message this morning is Fully Committed. Fully committed. With Pastor Chuck uh, just recently going to be with the Lord, I think about, you know, his wonderful commitment he had to Christ. I think about the wonderful commitment that he had uh, to the work of the Lord, the things of the Lord. And most of you, I'm sure, here know, you know, Pastor Chuck Smith, the founder of the Calvary Chapels. But, you know, we've been looking at his life. We've been kind of, you know, the last week and a half or so looking at DVDs, how you know, this movement started, the Jesus movement and all. But as I'm looking at a message fully committed and all, I, I look at this man and I think he was a good example to us of someone that was fully committed, you know, to Christ. He wasn't perfect. He made mistakes and all that. But, but he was committed to the Lord and he was committed to the work of the Lord. I, I think about how, you know, even with stage four cancer, he was, you know, preaching and teaching every Sunday morning. Three services. I think about, you know, the Tuesday night before he passed away, he was on the radio. Pastor's perspective. He was, you know, ministering to people. And that's what he wanted to do. He, he made a commitment to the Lord to serve the Lord and to seek the Lord. And he, you know, followed through to his commitment right to the end. And I believe that's a great example for us. We don't look to man. We don't praise man. But, but he was a good example when we look at the message, as we look at this title, as we're going to look in our story of one committed to the Lord. Well, I can say I thank God for Pastor Chuck Smith, and I thank God for his commitment. So again, fully committed. Before we look at our text, I want to ask, have you committed yourself to Jesus Christ? And then I want to ask, have you committed yourself to his will? Have you committed yourself to the work of the Lord that he's called you to do? And I want to challenge you because I believe the Lord would have each and every one of us be fully committed to him. So I want to challenge you. Is that you today? Does, does that reflect your walk with the Lord? Could someone look at you and say, wow, that is a man that's fully committed to God. That is a man that's fully committed to the work of the Lord. Or can they say of you, the women here, that is a woman fully committed to God. That is a, a woman that's fully committed to the work of the Lord. I hope so. Because I believe, I truly believe, guys, I believe this. I've been saying this for a while, but I believe it with all my heart. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming very soon. I believe that with all my heart, with every fiber of my being. I believe Jesus Christ will be coming soon to take his church. And I want each one of us to be in that place where, we're, where our eyes are on the Lord and the things of the Lord. So in our story, we're going to see one that was 
I believe, fully committed to the Lord. So let's take a look in verse 36 of Luke chapter 2. And it says, now there was one. Interesting. Doesn't say there was a bunch. Doesn't say there was a multitude. It very clearly says, now there was one. Anna. A prophetess. The daughter of Phenuel. Of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age. And had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. There was one that stood out when I read this. There was one. Again, it doesn't say there was a multitude there. You know, we're, they're, they're in the temple. Let me back up a little bit. So you, those of you that, uh, you know, so you know exactly where we're at. Remember, you know, Jesus, excuse me, Joseph and Mary were in the temple in Jerusalem. They were, they were bringing baby Jesus to the Lord. They were, they were you know, presenting him to the Lord because he was the first one that opened up the womb. And that was you know, part of the law, that they would present him to the Lord and all, according to the law. And not only that, remember we looked at how Mary had a purification period. She had 40 days. She, was un, she wasn't clean. And so she had to you know, have a sacrifice made. The two turtle doves were offered or two birds were offered for her cleansing. So they're in the temple. They're going through all this stuff. And then Simeon, if you remember, Simeon was there in the temple also as we looked at. Simeon was that just man, that devout man. And remember when he saw Jesus, he, he grabbed Jesus, he brought, took Jesus in his arms and he thanked the Lord. And he says, now basically I can die because I've seen the salvation of the Lord. I've seen the Messiah. And now we're focusing on this one. Again, not the multitude. There wasn't a bunch of people, but it's, you know, the Bible is focused on this one, Anna, the prophetess. Anna, if you're one that takes notes, Anna means grace. What a great name, isn't it? Grace. Grace means favor, unmerited favor. What a name. That was uh, the name we were going to name one of our children. You know, our, if we had a, a girl, we had three miscarriages. But, you know, we're thinking, wow, what a name. Actually, we're going to call her Anna Grace. Grace, Grace. I thought, what a name. Grace, Grace. You know, we need favor, favor from God. Grace. She was a prophetess, basically means she had spiritual insight from the Lord. She had insight. God gave her spiritual insight. We don't know, you know, did she know future events possibly? Did she know things that other people didn't know? The Lord was revealing things. Most likely the Lord was revealing things to her. A prophetess could have been just one that was just speaking forth the things of God in God's word as a prophetess. She, for sure, she was doing that. But, but she had spiritual insight. She was one that was, was tapped into the Lord and she had spiritual insight. Such a blessing when the Lord does that for us, isn't it? When he gives us that spiritual insight. When you, isn't it awesome? You read the, the scriptures, you read a passage and it just it stands out and the Lord starts speaking to you and he gives you insight of it. Spiritual insight. I'm blessed how the Lord gives my wife spiritual insight. I think about how on, you know, Wednesday, October 2nd, my wife and I we were getting ready to go to sleep. We were praying for Pastor Chuck and all because we, we knew, you know, he wasn't doing well. And I went to turn off the light and my wife said, you know, leave the, leave the ringers on both the cell phones. We never do that. And I go, why? And she says, I don't believe Pastor Chuck's going to make it through the night. 
I go, really? And she says, yeah. She goes, leave the ringers on. I said, okay. And she was up in the middle of the night. And, and sure enough, early on, we received a phone call that Pastor Chuck didn't make it through the night. That he, he passed away around 3, some, 3.20 in the morning. But, but it just that spiritual insight. The Lord just gave her just insight just, that she knew. I mean, she was, she was certain. She says, we're going to get a call. I know we're going to get a call. There's different people in the church, you know, that they've, they've you know, come to me and say, well, I believe the Lord is showing me this and showing me that. And typically what we do, we just sit and wait. You know, we're like, okay, if that's the Lord, it's going to come to pass. But when it comes to pass, we go, whoa, the Lord is giving them spiritual insight. And it's a wonderful thing to have people in the church that have spiritual insight. But, but you know, truly, to a certain extent, Every believer, every one of us should have spiritual insight. We should have some type. We have the the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside of us. So we should have spiritual insight. And if we don't have any spiritual insight at all, uh, there's a problem. Because God's Spirit should be living in us. And I wonder, I question, you know, there, there's, you know, some people that they go to church and they, they have no spiritual insight whatsoever. They don't have any understanding of the things of the Lord. And they're like, and they say, well, I said a prayer once and I, you know, you know, committed my life to the Lord 48 years ago, but uh, I haven't heard nothing. This was a woman that the Lord spoke to. This is a woman that had spiritual insight. She was a prophetess. She had special giftings from the Lord. She was of great age, it says. She was married only seven years, and her husband died. She was a widow for 84 years. During that time, during that culture, you know, a girl could get married as early as 12 years old. So, you know, you do the math. She was at least 103 years old. So when it says she was of a great old age, that's, it means a great old. That's old. I just, you know, I get the picture. I just, you know, I love to see these Bible stories. I, I hope you do the same. I, I love, you know, I see this woman and just, just this beautiful woman of God that just radiates the love of the Lord, that just radiates the goodness of God. And she's just, she's in the temple and she's just beaming with love. She's beaming with God and, and God's, you know, grace and goodness. And, and she's just walking around there. She's there all the time. Did you notice that? She did not depart from the temple. Basically, she's there night and day. She's a church mouse. A temple mouse, I guess. But today we call her a church mouse. She loved being around the things of God. She loved, you know, when, when people were just, you know, making sacrifices to the Lord and she was fasting and praying and she loved the things of the Lord. Talk about fully committed. This woman was fully committed to the Lord. And I believe this challenges each one of us. You know, do, do we have the same heart? You know, you know, think through the story. You know, she had her husband only seven years. This woman could have been one of the most bitter women in the whole world. Thinking, you know, if there's a God of love, how come you took my husband after seven years? But that's not what we read. I remember when I was serving at Calvary Costa Mesa and just, you know, volunteering there, just hanging out. And I just... Every chance I had, I was just there. I was, you know, answering the phones, answering prayer calls. And I was like, okay, you know, they're praying with people and doing all the, you know, whatever they had for me to do. It's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do that. And I'll never forget the day they came to me and says, uh, you know, Joe, we want to put you on staff full time. And I was like, what? I was like, you're going to pay me for do the things I love to do? Really? They're like, yeah, I'll never forget that day. It's like, are you for real? The day I gave my life to Jesus Christ. 
I can say, ever since the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I love being in the house of the Lord. I love being around the God's people. I love being, you know, I don't want to be anywhere else. But she was fasting. You know, I don't want to miss that. You know, there was a denial of self also involved in this, this whole thing. She was, she was, you know, she had fasting. Otherwise, she was denying herself of food. And, you know, if we're going to be fully committed to the Lord, there's going to be things we have to deny. There's going to be things we have to put aside. There's going to, you know, there's going to be things that we're going to have to say no to, especially sin. And, and I see it. I, I, I see some people, you know, they, you know, I run into these people. I, I run, you know, they go, hey, Pastor Joe. Yeah, bro, you're my pastor. You're everything. And, then, and I'm like, their, their breath is knocking me out because they had, you know, they're drunk and they're like, you know, swaying back and forth. Hey, Pastor Joe. And it's and it like, they're, they're blasted. And it breaks my heart. It truly breaks my heart. I'm like, Lord, you know, they're not committed to you. When we're fully committed to the Lord, there's a denial. There's things that, that we you know, will have to deny. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, he says, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Check this out. Check this out. Pick up his cross and follow me. You know this, you guys. But the next verse, he says, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. I believe it's saying, you know, saving your life could very well mean, you know, doing things your way. Whoever desires to save your life, do things your way. This is the way I'm going to do it. This is the way I've always done it. I'm just going to do it my way. This is my life. You're going to, you're going to lose your life for all eternity. But those of us or those of you that want to lose your life for, for God's sake and do, it, do things his way and allow him to be Lord, you're going to save your life for all eternity. And there's a denying of self. There's going to be those things you're going to have to lay out and lay down and say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. In John chapter 4, Jesus, when he was ministering to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, remember his disciples, they showed up and they brought him food to eat and they were trying to get him to eat food. Remember that? They were in the city. They were, you know, eating. They were, you know, having you know, dinner or lunch. They were just chowing down. They, they brought Jesus back some food and they says, hey, Jesus, eat. But he said to them, remember, he says, I have food to eat in which you don't, you know nothing about. Remember what they said? They, they looked at each other and says, you know, has somebody brought him something to eat? And, and Jesus was basically saying, you know, uh, the, to do the will of the Father, that's what I, you know, that's my food. I'm getting fed right now. I'm denying myself. Food's good. That's great. But, but right now, it's not the time. There, there's someone here that needs to be ministered to. There's someone here that needs to hear about the things of God. So he says, my food is to do the will of God. And they didn't get that. They were like, well, you know, who's feeding this guy? And they were looking at the physical. There's a denial. There's things that we will have to deny. The flesh, the, the ways of this world. There's things, you know, as we follow the Lord, there's things we're going to have to deny in order to be fully committed to him. There's things we're going to have to sacrifice and put on the altar. There's things that you might, you know, patterns that you have, things that you desire that, that the Lord's saying, you have to get rid of this. And it's your choice. He, he made you with free will. You can hold on to that thing. And say, oh, no, Lord, I'm just you and me, God, but I got to keep this. And God might be saying to you today, no, I want you to release this. Let it go. Let it go. To hear this woman, she's in the temple, fully committed, wanting to seek the things of God. In verse 38, it says, and coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So don't lose the picture, okay? 
Simeon has this has Jesus, I believe, up in his, his arms. He's, he's holding this child. He's thanking the Lord. He's, he's blessing the parents. And in that instant, she sees this child. And she thanks the Lord. And then she starts pointing to Jesus. Everyone that's looking for deliverance, everyone that's looking for redemption, she's saying, it's in him. And I just see this lady, this, this, this beautiful woman, beaming with the things of the Lord, beaming with, with God. And she's like, do you want deliverance? There he is. Are you looking for the Messiah? There he is. Do you want, you know, do you want redemption? It's found in his, this child. And she was pointing to Jesus. As believers, as we talk about being fully committed to, to the Lord and all, one, one of our biggest things that we can do, the best th- things we can do for the Lord is point people to Jesus. I used to, before I became a Christian, before I was born again, you know, my sister, you know, she was radical for the Lord. And, and I would occasionally tell her some of the problems that I had. And she'd say, she said, well, let's go to Jesus. And I'm like, why is it always Jesus? Don't you have any other, you know, it was always Jesus. And she goes, yes. And the word of God, Jesus in the word of God, Jesus in the word of God. And finally I found out, wow, she was right. Do you know people with marital problems? Point them to Jesus. Do you know people that are addicted to pornography? Point them to Jesus. Do you know people that are you know, bound in drugs and alcohol? Point them to Jesus. He is the answer. He is the way. He is the solution. He is the one. He is the one that sets man free. He who the Son sets free, speaking about Jesus Christ, is free indeed. And I've seen many times people go on programs. They, they have different programs that they go to. But the problem is they'll stop doing one thing and they'll just get bound in something else. Because they're not set free. Or I haven't done that for, you know, 15 years. But they're, but they're bound in something else. Only Jesus Christ can truly set a person free. And this woman, this beautiful woman of God, this elderly woman of God, is pointing people to Jesus, saying, you want deliverance? There he is. And it hasn't changed. Do you want deliverance? It's in Jesus. Do you want help? It's in Jesus. In his word. The answer's in his word. And it's found in him. That's one of the things I, I know I'm talking a lot about Pastor Chuck Smith, but I, I'll tell you what, with him going on to be with the Lord and I looking at this message of being fully committed, I, you know, I think about how he pointed people to the word of God and to Jesus. That was the main part of his ministry. And look, look at the results. This woman's pointing people to Jesus. It's so funny. The, on Friday night, I was at the desk up there in the, the youth room. I'm putting my message together. I'm looking at the study and you know, just kind of putting my notes together and all. And there's people doing work outside, right outside the doors there. And I can kind of, you know, I heard them talking. You can hear them real well and trying not to listen to them. You know how that goes, but kind of listening, but not listening to them, you know, trying to you know, give them their privacy. But as they were talking, I felt strongly the Lord prompted me to go out there and talk to them. And I was fighting it because I'm like, you know, is that me? You know, is it, you know, am I thinking that or is this you, Lord? And I'm like, Lord, you know, are you sure you want me to go out there and talk to these guys? And he's like, yeah, go talk to them. And I was like, I mean, I was fighting. I even went up, you know, looking, waving the guys through the window. And then I'm walking away. I said, okay, God, it's probably not you. And I'm like, okay. And I thought, it's like I made God a deal. I says, okay, if I go out there, Lord, and you open a door, I'll talk to them. I'll know it's you. 
So right out here. So I walked out there. I says, hey, guys, you know, how you doing? You know, and just made small talk with them. And right away, one of the guys says, you know, we were just, you know, thinking, you know, about if God's a God of love and then, you know, why is there suffering in the world? Why is there, you know, trouble in the world? You know, if God, God really loves. And I was like, and I'm thinking, you know, they're talking like, Lord, is that an open door? <laughs> it was so awesome. Pointing to the word, just pointing in and just pointing to Jesus and kept, you know, the Lord just kept giving me, you know, wisdom. And then they were asking this question and that question. Whole time I'm just praying. I'm like, Lord, you speak to these guys. You know, you tell them, help me to just point them to you, Lord. And it's just like, I was just blown away. You know, it's like, wow, Lord, you're at work. And it was so, it was just like a Jesus moment. You know, God's spirit was just, was there in a powerful way. One of the guys that work over here, he's a believer. He was walking by, he heard us talk and he was like, yeah. And then he started pointing them to the Lord. He started quoting scriptures and he started getting all fired up. And I was just, we're just like back and forth. And I was just, God, this is so awesome. And this young man that we were talking, he was just breaking my heart. You know, he's asking these questions. And then we were talking about the second coming. We're talking about, and he says, as I was talking about the second coming, he says, well, is that the rapture? I said, no, you know, that's a whole lot. You want to know about the rapture? Let's talk. You know, we're just, you know, we're going back and forth. And God was just working in a special way. And I was hoping right then and there, he'd just bow his head and pray to receive Christ. I gave him the opportunity. And then he says, well, you can do that right now. And he goes, well, thank you. He says, it's a lot for me to, to, to think about. And I'm going to think about this. I says, well, absolutely. I says, you know, God's a gentleman. He's knocking at the door of your heart. You know, only you can let him in. I said, I'm just like the mailman. I'm just delivering the mail. I'm just giving you this information. Now it's with you. And I said, you sure you understand all this? He says, I understand. And I believe this young man's going to get saved. I truly believe it. But I, I didn't point to him, you know, the philosophy of men and all these other things, trying to help this guy and all the things that he's going through. And, it, you know, and it, it's, I point him to Jesus. I do my best. We do our best to point him to the Lord Jesus Christ and to his word because he is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the only way to God. Remember what P the Apostle Peter said in Acts chapter 4. He says, nor is there salvation in any other, speaking of Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name. There's no other way to save man. And this wonderful woman, and I just see that picture. She's just pointing right to Jesus. He's the one. Are you looking for help? There he is. Are you looking for deliverance? There he is. In two more verses, we're going to read. It says, so when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. So when they were through, when they were, they offered up their sacrifices, they were done in the temple. They returned home to Nazareth. And then the child grew became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's favor was upon him. Basically, it's stating that Jesus matured. He matured physically. He grew. He matured spiritually, mentally. That baffles my mind just thinking through that. He, this is God. God in the flesh. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, but he still was all human. 
And he had to mature from a baby to an adult. And there was a maturing process. This basically is telling us, you know, he was maturing in those things. He was growing in those things until he became an adult. And we, we have very little from this point on, just a little bit of information up until he's 12 years old. We, we have nothing. We don't know exactly what took place all that time. You know, I picture all these things. I imagine all these. I think, I think of his brothers and sisters, you know, just, you know, how Jesus was perfect and they were so imperfect. And they, you know, they looked at their brother like, I can't believe he's, he's not, he doesn't do anything wrong. He never talked back. He never was disobedient. He never sinned. But as a man, as a young man, as a young boy, he matured. And I want to use this as an opportunity to say one thing I love about, you know, when we commit our lives to the Lord, when we start committing to the will of God, we grow spiritually. It's become the throne of mercy. It's the sound you have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. It's because the throne of mercy. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our singing praise.